After this podcast, make sure to check out Tyler's book, Searching for Seven, The Journey of Seeking God Seven Days a Week. It is filled with stories in scripture. It's an easy read with short chapters, but it's also thought-provoking and encouraging at the same time. The book takes readers on a journey, helping us search for God and for our faith, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or head to the book's website, searchingforseven.com. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, my guest on the show this week is Christian artist Joel Vaughn. Joel, it's great to chat with you. And it's good to be here. I got a scratchy throat today, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry us. I, I will do my best. <laughs> So you've been doing the music thing for a long time. You've had uh, a lot of success on Christian radio and social media. I know you've had quite a journey with your music. Um, your album in late 2020 was very well timed. I've got this like you know deep connection to a lot of music that came out when when life was so different. Um, and you had another one in 2021, uh, a single this May called "Friend." Um, where do things currently stand? Are you working on anything new? Uh, what's next for you in your musical journey? Yeah, so we released a song in May uh, out of a season of like, well, I don't know what's next. I had worked at a a church full-time and then kind of part-time for a bit uh, for five years, and we knew that that season was drawing to a close, and I I didn't really know, you know, what, like I said, what was next, and so it just, that song was birthed out out of a prayer and just talking to friends, and so we released that in May. I've still got Jesus, oh, I've still got Jesus, closer than a brother, no matter where I am. When I need an ally in the fight, and need to know somebody's on my side, He always steps in, I've always got a friend. September and it's it's probably the busiest I've ever been and things finally slowed down enough that I'm like okay I can uh, I can take a minute and, and step back and, and start working on some new music um, because that song I wrote in February of 2022 uh, and didn't release it until May of this year so you can imagine uh, being on the road just kind of kind of makes working on music difficult uh, but we, we have been working on music, and uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a new song um, with, uh, with some people I've worked with before and, and a new friend, uh, and we, uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, uh, it's called uh, Where Grace Begins, and it's, uh, it's, it's a song about, you know, really learning to forgive yourself when you've messed up and when you've um, tried and tried again, uh, but you feel like you're too far gone. Uh, but remembering that once we get to that point uh, in our lives, and, and everyone will in some way or another, that uh, that's where Christ meets us uh, is is at when we're in our brokenness, in our darkest hour, and 
to know that we can turn to him and to, uh, and to, and to follow him is, is such a, it's such a treasure in life. And, and the other thing is like, the song is kind of about sanctification, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you, you feel like you're, no matter how long you've been a follower of Christ or how, how great you are in some seasons uh, in your relationship that some seasons you're just like, man, I feel like I, I've been a Jesus follower for 30 years, but I'm, I'm not getting it. Um, that's also where grace can begin. And it's like, all right, we, we can pick ourselves back up and we can move forward. So anyway, that song uh, comes out soon. I don't have a release date, um, but it is happening soon. I'm very excited about it. That's what's next. Nice. Looking forward to that. Yeah, as you're talking, I was reminded of one of my favorite Psalms. It says that Lord's close to the brokenhearted. And yeah. and speaking of the Psalms, and we've mentioned on this show because Switchfoot's got this very like Psalm-like approach to a lot of their lyrics, where it's okay to question and doubt and you know cry out to God and and but always come back to the the fact that you believe He's there and He's good. And uh, recently, you're you know having some fun with some cover songs and. When you did the BB Mac song, <laughs> that song has been in my head ever since. So you're welcome. Yes, thank you for that. That was uh, one of my one of my jams in high. Yeah. So like, I got home. Like I said, I'd been on the road for the better part of a year. I, you know, I'd go out for four or five days at a time. I'd be home for two to four days at a time, and then go out and then come back and go out and come back. It's just kind of a cycle of being a musician and touring. Uh, and so I got back and I was like, man, I have all this time. I need to work on my own music, but I kind of want to do something I've always wanted to do and, and share what kind of music that I like, because um, people ask me all the time, like, Joel, what, what do you listen to? What's your, what's your favorite? And, and sometimes you feel this temptation to not really reveal like what you, what you actually like for fear of like, oh, people, people are going to not like the fact that I listen to secular songs or something like that. And, uh, but it's important uh, because the songs that I listened to growing up are what shaped my musical taste and, mm -hmm. and what I'm doing now and how I use the talents that, that God gave me. And to be honest and, and funny enough, like a lot of that music prior to Switchfoot, well, I, maybe not prior because I, I, I started listening to Switchfoot in, I think, 1997. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway... Uh, I heard like BB Mac, that back here song was one of my favorite. I was in, I started in ninth grade when that song came out. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's one, I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. It's one of those like times that, that you're solidifying who you are as a human being. Those things are coming together and, and what you like and what you're about. So I may have a bias, but I kind of feel like music between like 1997 and 2001 is the best music ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing some like 30 second chorus covers. And so I started sharing some of that stuff just to, just to kind of give people uh, an idea of like what, what influences me, you know, maybe not lyrically all the time, uh, but definitely uh, melodically mm -hmm. um, and sonically and, and things that, that I'm like, man, yeah, that's, that's really cool. That, that really uh, inspires me to, to do something kind of like that. And I, I'd always, uh, I, I'm definitely a vocals guy. Um, I, I grew up listening to, to, um, well, it started out, it's, it's the Gaither vocal band's fault. Mm -hmm. It started out listening to, you know, 
get their vocal band and then learning about, you know, their lead singers like Jonathan Pierce and then David Phelps later and, and, and Michael English and those guys. And I was like, wow, those guys can sing so good. I want to sing just like that. And then boy bands came along and I'm like, they kind of sound like those dudes. And my, my dad wasn't huge on me listening to secular music, but you know, the radio was a thing. And when we got in the car with just me and my siblings, we would, we would listen to 103.7 The Q in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and just listen to whatever we wanted. And that, that's where I heard that music. And I was like, you know what? Um, that is a part of who I am. And it, it really inspired and kind of shaped you know, who I am sonically today, yeah. you know, people, people my age can hear it. They can hear the influences, you know, the, the newest generation, they, they can't really hear that. They just they think, ah, oh, man, you have such an original sound. It's like, well, it's, it's really not that original, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So with all this music and, and all this, you know, influence in your life, how has the band Switchfoot specifically influenced you? Well, Switchfoot uh, influenced me in a time in my life that was kind of well, kind of rocky uh, for one, especially the record "The Beautiful Letdown." Um, so that year, we I feel like it was two thousand two, two thousand three. I know "Meant to Live" was on MTV, and I was like, "Heck yeah, Christian band on MTV! Like I can watch MTV again." Um, <laughs> so uh, I remember seeing that music video, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is actually kind of cool." But it was, it was kind of a, a time that felt like turmoil. I, I was a senior in high school, but I was homeschooled at this point. We had been living in a town that I can't even make up uh, the name. It's called Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Uh, look it up for fun sometime. And, you know, if you want to visit, just know that about the only thing there is some hot springs, a skate park, and a really good Mexican restaurant. Uh, and it might be what inspired uh, a show with a guy named Walter White. Um, it, it's that sketchy of a place. So uh, we moved from there to Texas, uh, to this tiny town called Clarendon, Texas. And, and we had lived in, uh, in Texas prior to this, but we lived near Dallas. Uh, so we moved to Texas and I was like, I just, you know, I want to get through high school. Um, so I can go to college, figure out what I want to do with my life. And at that point, uh, the songs that I had listened to, you know, so much, there were a few bands that I had really just, I'd kind of moved out of my pop, you know, boy band phase. And, you know, I started playing guitar in 2000. So when I got in high school and, uh, I, I really just loved that record. Um, my, so the person who is my wife now, uh, Andra, I met her in 2003 when that record came out. Mm. And so we shared, uh, a, a, we both shared a love for the band Switchfoot. Um, and she burned me a mix CD, uh, oddly enough, one time. Like, I, I could tell that she liked me, but I didn't know that she, like, liked me until she burned me this mix CD. And it had songs from uh, B.B. Mac, funny enough. Um, and she didn't even really know me. That's what was so weird about this. But she, she made me this mix CD, this little mixtape, and burned it for me and, 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 uh, and gave it to me. And it had uh, songs from The Beautiful Let Down on it. And it had songs from uh, some D.B. Mac records and some Cademan's Call and stuff like that. And some songs I had never heard of. And, and they were all uh, very, very touching. And, and some of the songs, I was like, I think she's trying to hit at me that she likes me. I'm really not sure. 
but she kind of ignited, you know, a flame again for me to go back to listening to uh, Switchfoot because I remember being a kid and hearing Kim Sensei and that song, that was my jam, man. When I was like 10 years old, I, I don't even think I knew anything about the band other than like, yeah, yeah, Switchfoot, that's like a skateboarding term. That's such a cool <laughs> name for a band. Uh, but um, like I said, uh, my senior year was, was kind of a little bit of turmoil because I lived in this town, Clarendon. I had just been in New Mexico. I was trying to finish high school. And then I fall in love with this girl who is now my wife in 2003. And my parents up and decide, hey, we're moving to uh, back to Dallas, Texas, you know, where we where we started when we first moved to Texas. And I was like, come on, this is ridiculous. Uh, and so listening to that CD, and, and I know it's like, it's so, it's like melodramatic uh, or maybe overdramatic. Um, but that, that was a tough time for me as a high schooler. Um, and I feel like I was the target market, uh, the demographic for, for that album, because when I listened to it, I was like, I really feel this. And I really feel uh, these lyrics. And, and I feel like whoever wrote this gets where I'm at in life. And, and to me, as a songwriter now, um, that's a mark of what a great songwriter is. Like mm -hmm. when you can, when you can universally, like when, when you're writing a song, but it's very personal to you, but somehow that song, which was very personal to you is very universal to everyone else. Um, that's, that's the mark of a great songwriter. And, and that's, that's what I aspire to be. And so I, I would say, uh, listening to that record and, and I'll give credit, you know, to other artists that I listened to as well that year. And this, this podcast is about switch, but, um, and Switchfoot was a huge deal in my life in 2003 and 2004. But like, I listened to a lot of Shane and Shane at that time too. That's, you know, where I derived a lot of the worship music that I, yeah. uh, that I sing now from. And I even got an opportunity to meet those guys back in 2010, but that's for another day. Um, but man, uh, On Fire, that, that song, it just... It, it kind of spoke to my teenage angst in 2003, but it means something different now as a 37-year-old man, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, On Fire. I'm not sure if you heard my dog bark there. Calm down over there. <laughs> yeah, my dog's going just off. sleeping. <laughs> he's going off. That's all right. We've been doing a lot of these shows on the Beautiful Let the Deluxe Edition and the 20-Year Reunion. Um, so, yeah, I was going to ask just, what comes to mind when you first think about that that particular song on fire uh a lot of things because that song has been with me and everyone else you know for gosh 20 years now it's so weird that this album is 20 years old yeah um i, I feel so old <laughs> uh but uh probably not as old as john foreman probably feels I'm in such a different season in life now. I, I put it on and listened to it uh, last week or two weeks ago when, when the new, when the new uh, our version of yeah. Switchfoot album came out. And I've I've been listening to that like in maybe three weeks. Good grief! I, it's all I've been listening to the last three weeks. And I'm trying to remember like what what did that song mean for me in 2003 versus what it means to me now. 
because my life is so different and it's been so long. Um, but I would say going back to 2003, um, I knew, I, I just knew that my life trajectory was far different than what a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean my parents, my future in-laws, uh, my siblings and friends, um, what they expected of me and what I knew God was leading me to. Um, you know, in the very, I don't know what angle John was writing the song from. And I speak with John like I know him personally and I don't. Uh, it's just easier to use first name. We're not on first name basis. I'd love to meet him one day. Uh, I mean, I've said hello to him at a concert just as 8,000 people have. Anyway, uh, you know, think, think it from those first lines. Like they tell you where you need to go, tell you when, to, when you need to leave, what you need to know, who you need to be. Uh, and I, like, I, I internalize those lyrics and I'm like, yeah, I feel this. Like, I know what, what, who I'm supposed to be and what God's calling me to do. I don't really know how to do it. Uh, but I know these things. And that's the year I started writing songs was 20 years ago. Like I, I kind of fiddled around with it when I was a kid and a little bit in 2001. Um, it's probably you know, in September, October of 2001 that I tried my hand at writing and then was like, man, I'm not very good at this. I'm just going to stick to singing covers. And uh, when I heard the artistry on this record, there was something different about this record. Well, maybe even learning to breathe. Uh, let, I, I love learning to breathe. That's, mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's like that bleed over into the next record. Um, also, it was on a walk to remember. And if you can uh, get through that movie without shedding a tear, you have no soul. Um, <laughs> uh, but getting back to the song, I, I just remember having a fire and a passion in my heart uh, to to share music and, and what God had brought me through. And this song inspired me to do that. And I don't even know what his intentions were when writing that song, but that's what it did for me. And so it's just this emotional component because that's when I left home. Like I, 2004, I graduated high school finally. And I, you know, launched into college, started writing my own songs. And uh, I'd like to think that that, album and, and even that song was a big part of uh inspiring me to do that so yeah this is a, a fun fact about the song that might actually blow you away Thanks. um i was looking up some stuff this week and i saw that said that he wrote this song with a friend in five or ten minutes and he said that uh, they were actually writing for his friend's project and like the previous night they wrote a couple songs um, for his friend's project and then the next day he said that you know him and his friend only had a few minutes before he had to catch a train and they wrote this one super quickly and well, decided a train and not a plane. yeah <laughs> and, and decided this this should actually be a switchfoot song so they went and they um you know they did some recording and stuff but it's amazing when you think about a song that is for the you know longtime fans of the band that has stood the test of time with you for 20 years and has been a constant in my life that I go to. And it's like, yeah, we just kind of bang this thing out in five, yeah. 10 minutes on a whim. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I completely relate to that as an artist. Um, it's it sometimes I, I don't get, I don't get disappointed at it now, but as a, as a fan of music, I used to get disappointed in learning the fact about a song or it would make me love a song even more. Yeah. Uh, but as, as a songwriter, I'm like, yeah, that's impressive. As a, as a music fan, it's like, 
like, oh, I thought, you know, maybe there was something more to it. But coming from the artist's perspective, I have songs that I've released that I'm like, yeah, you know, I, we wrote it in like five minutes. Or there was this song that was, you know, the chorus was written and I wasn't really a part of it. And then some friends called me and they were like, this is the guy that needs to finish this song. And so I wrote, co-wrote the verses and then we recorded it and, and released it. And, it. and it's like, you know, people ask you, you know, where did that song come from? And uh, it's like, well, I know from my perspective, when I wrote the verses, not the chorus, this is where I was coming from, but I can't speak for everyone in the room. Uh, because now, and this goes into a totally different subject, most songs you hear, you know, I, I don't want to say on the radio, on the radio, because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really listen to the radio uh, anymore. I do, because I'm weird, but uh, uh, they're written by three to five, sometimes even more people. So it's like when you ask an artist, you know, where did that song come from for you? Uh, or, you know, what does that mean to you when you wrote it? Uh, it's like, well, I know what it meant for me um, and my part in it, but also there's more people in the equation than just the one person in the room. So it's not surprising to me at all. And I'm looking at the, actually, I just Googled it, uh, the other guy who he co-wrote that song with. So that's very fascinating, but it's also really cool uh, to think that, you know, you, you, you write something as an artist and they wrote something as, as artists and put it out there. And we're just kind of like, well, this is, you know, it's a track seven in, in an industry. That's just track seven is the name we give things for like, it's kind of a throwaway track. It's not a bad song. It's not a great song. We don't intend uh, to release this as a single, um, but it's good enough to fill out the record. And I have a feeling that on fire might be that song for them um some people take offense at the term track seven i don't because i have written plenty of track sevens <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, it's amazing when you write those and then people uh will email you or you know comments on your facebook post that a song was like and this spoke to me in my darkest hour and you thought you were just like well i was just writing because i have this contractual duty to to write 10 songs yeah and i needed to get this thing done you know not that there aren't songs on my record that like like, you know, for me, the latest song that I wrote uh, that meant a lot to me was a song called Friend. And sometimes songs like that, they're not, not that that one wasn't successful, but they're not as successful, even though you nurtured it and you, you gave it life and you put everything you had into it and, and babied it for forever. And then you have some song that you just kind of flippantly wrote and then God takes that song and he makes it into something uh, okay. that speaks to people. And that, to me, is the incredible part of being a, uh, a, music, a musician, for one, but a, a Christian musician, you know, sharing our faith in that way. Uh, yeah. you, ne you really never know what a song is going to do until you put it out there. I tell people all the time, it's kind of like, well, we made a paper airplane. We shaped it as well as we possibly can. We did all the science. We cut everything down to the, to the point. We've done all that we can do. All we can do now is uh, hope and pray for a good wind to take it uh, and, and let that paper airplane sail along uh, so that it like speaks to people. And some people might even say the breath of God pushing uh, that song to where it needs to go. Because yeah. um, you can try all you want uh, to manufacture something and work as hard to craft it into something absolutely perfect, and then it gets nothing. Sometimes it works though, uh, but like I, I know that songs like, like On Fire uh, for me um, spoke to me uh, when I was depressed, uh, when I didn't know what my next step was. You know, my parents moved me away from uh, my high school sweetheart and I was like, I'm gonna marry this girl. 
And they were like, you're going to go to college. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go to college where she lives. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that those kinds of songs, you know, albeit I wasn't dealing with the kinds of things I'm dealing with now as, as, a, as a father of two kids. Um, it's still it's still relevant. Even 20 years later, the whole record is just still relevant, especially Gone. We're not talking about Gone, but man, I love how, can we take an arc to how he changed Lexus cages to Tesla cages? It makes so much <laughs> sense. Yeah. Loved it. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, I was thinking too that the fact that like, so yeah, maybe five or 10 minutes for John, you know, for me, it would be completely different, but for him, I feel like so much is constantly at the top of his mind and his like study, his, his reading, his like conversations. So for him, you know, I feel like get him in a room for five, 10 minutes, it could be this magical thing, which is what, you know, resulted from this song. The second verse of the song has one of my favorite all time switchfoot lines in it. Um, where it says, when everything inside me looks like everything I hate, you are the only have for change. You are the only chance I'll take. So yep. it's an incredible line. And I think out of, out of the Switch for Catalog, you can make the case for maybe like, I, I could be off, but I was thinking maybe 10, 12, maybe 15 songs that are maybe a little more straightforward worship style. Um, right. like, and so this one, I think, kind of fits that category. And I remember when, you know, my story that I've shared like this album and thinking differently about music. And this is one that like, yeah, it's like this straightforward kind of worshipful tune, but is crafted and, and, you know, so artistic and the whole album just makes me think, you know, you can worship and, and sing about your faith without, you know, just the, you know, praise and worship type songs. Yeah. Um, but this was one of those that just really, you know, made me think about that. But do you have any, uh, any other favorite lyrics from this one? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like honestly, that 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 verse, yeah. um, because it does it does kind of key in or hone in on that worshipful moment. I'm I'm the kind of person. It's really it's really funny though. Like I I lead worship and I've been a worship leader for a long time, but I'm the kind of person that I I've never really connected with most purpose written worship songs. And mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird, uh, but songs like this that have worshipful moments that are just like, or it seems that way at least. Uh, it's, it's like a personal, you know, connection and just conversation between you and God about where you are, where he is and all of this. And just telling him, you know, like when everything inside me looks like everything I hate, you're the hope I have for change. You're the, you're the only chance I'll take. And I think the new lecture, the only chance I'm gonna take. Uh, Kind of like the older one better um just you know I, I like the newer ones some of the newer songs better than like it, it, maybe because nostalgia i don't know um it to me it spoke it speaks to me still in a way that like um you know there there are vertical worship songs and then there are songs that are like about our experience uh with our faith and how we relate to God and how God relates to us. And I feel like this is one of those songs, but you could also sing it in church almost. Um, and it would still be, uh, it, it would still work, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you can do all things uh, or a song like that, but like, it, it's definitely a song of like, it's, it's almost like a song of lament, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and David wrote lots of those. Uh, so like, yep. 
he's not a master worship leader. So. <laughs> yeah. When he wrote this song, John Foreman said that um, this song is so personal. It feels great to play live on a good night. I feel like I can just throw myself into the song and drift off over the crowd through the PA. And I love that he said that because I've got a lot of great memories over the years, seeing them live. And with this song, you know, John coming out in the crowd. Um, I do like how on the re-recorded, you know, our version that they added the yeah part. Yeah. Because um, they do that live. So that was pretty cool for me to he hear that. do that live. You're right. I remember when I saw him in 2009. Uh, and you mentioned him coming out into the crowd. Me and my brother, Mikey, uh, who wants uh, to go to the show with me uh, next week. Um, if I can make it. If I can make it. Uh, I remember in 2009. Might have been 2010. He's uh, in Amarillo, Texas. He jumps off the stage and comes walking out in the middle of the crowd and stops right in front of us. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Like, do you not have bodyguards or anything? Like, he, he is a very, like, I don't know him at all, but he just seems like a very personable human, you know? Like, yeah. like he's right there in it with you. He's not scared to jump out into the crowd and sing with you. And I've always found that super impressive. And yeah. from what I've seen in other shows since, he, he does it almost, almost every time. Yep. It's so cool. Also, the line... Uh... So I'm on fire when he's near me. I'm on fire when, when he speaks. I'm on fire. And then this line, burning at these mysteries. I feel that's That one line could be like a, a podcast series. Like, what's, you know, what's this all about? But I like how, like, in his, even his own faith journey, like, the questions of, like, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just, like, I'm burning at, you know, the mystery of this, the mystery of the, you know, the verse from Paul, mystery of the gospel, you know, like. Yeah pretty cool yeah i and I, I i don't know that i would have been smart enough to use the word burning in metaphor i would have been like pondering um, <laughs> and it would not have hit as well uh that's yeah. why he has his job and i have mine because <laughs> he's <laughs> really great uh but yeah i it, it it really it really paints a a much more vivid picture than than a lot of the words that he could have chosen burning yes. at these mysteries you know that's 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 intensity yep uh that's that's a lot more than just i've been thinking about it um like this this is something this is life this is something that i'm going to like uh you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna sort through it's not it's not it's not i thought about this and this is just how it is you know yeah i don't know like there's there's a lot to that line i i agree that you can get into the burning of uh burning at these mysteries theology uh, 101 class. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he go? What <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, last question for you. If you were on stage, if you got a chance to share the stage with Switchfoot and you could sing one song with them of theirs, what song would it be? And then one, what song do you want them to sing that was yours? Oh, this is hard. You put me on spot. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got to get like the catalog in front of me. Oh, dare you to move. Easy. Yeah. Everyone would say that though. Like so <laughs> that's not very original. Um Dare you to move would be number 1. I think number 2. I know you didn't ask for number 2, but like I feel like I need to give a number 2. Uh strike that. I feel like I need to give a second song. <laughs> uh, uh which which what would it be? Probably on fire. So it's either Dare You to Move or On Fire. Let's, let's yeah. be real. 
uh, but Dare You to Move would be my number one. Um, what song of mine would I want them to sing? I, yep. I don't feel like my music is, is, is on that same level, you know? Like, I, I, I feel embarrassed to be like, John Foreman, sing one of my songs. Uh, <laughs> but I think if there was one that I would be... I think I think maybe maybe the song I wrote friend because I, I wrote that uh, with, with two good friends uh, you know three way song right um, and that song came out of one of the darkest uh, or probably the second darkest periods of my life uh, I had been touring extensively I was by myself I'd had this horrific accident not a few months before and I was thinking about throwing in the towel and quitting. Um, so that song means like a lot to me. And I, I would I would not want to share something with someone who is so thoughtful uh, with their work. Uh, that's just flippant for me, you know. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I put everything I had into producing that song. I, I produced it myself and reached out to the best cellist and the best choir I could find and uh, I did that song right. So anyway, uh, probably probably a song friend. Very cool. I think that'd be an awesome couple songs. Um, it's cool to hear stories of their influence and, uh, you know, lyrically and life itself, what these guys have done. Um, but wish you nothing but the best in your endeavors in the future. Look forward to new music. Thanks, and uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, we'll have some links in the show description and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Dude, thank you for having me. Stay.